Welcome to Where's My Sports at Basketball Edition. You're joined by Jimmy and Phil once again for another day, another episode. Phil, pleasure to have you along, brother. G'day, mate. Love being here. Let's crack into it. For our four quarters, I'll just quickly run through what we're going to be talking about. Quarter one, we're going to be talking about basketball cards and where we're at the moment, what's hot, what's not, and where we're looking. Segment two, we're going to be talking about the Knicks trade and what it means for the Knicks. Quarter three, we're going to be talking about the Raptors trade, what it means for them, any ramifications for the league. Quarter four, we're going to be talking about what is happening at Detroit, the trouble in Motor City. Let's begin. Sports cards at the moment, Phil. We are starting up a massive collection, bro. Like, where are you looking? Where are you collecting? What are you... Massive. Loving it. It's such an awesome hobby and little community, as we're discovering, that seems to be a lot going on in Australia, and there's a few in New Zealand as well. So at, at the moment, looking on Waterpool, awesome Kiwi fella that is, is doing those breaks. So hype makes watching his breaks real exciting because he, he just really gets involved. What about you? What's a, a site you're looking at? Yeah, I, I love the Waterpool dude as well, but um, can't go past my card crazy. But also a Kiwi card connection, I think it's called. Or- Collectors. Yeah. Kiwi card collectors. Uh, Joe and Nick, hey, real good, good bunch of dudes. Another real good community and just everyone's really into it, really into cards. I love it. And celebrating each other's wins, that's something there that I'm really loving about it. Like um, I've drawn a couple autos. Like last night I was in one with Waterpool and I got a Bobby Portis, the tortoise. Yeah, um, the dog. Yep, I was so stoked, Dan. And I wasn't expecting it. I've been chasing NBA Hoops presentations because I love the manga, eh? How'd you like, get on? Oh, I so last night I bought ten teams, and I did <laughs> the chase. If ever there was one, there was a chase, and then all of a sudden it was the one team that I ummed and out about. It went to the Lakers, and it was LeBron uh, James. So if uh, you want to these these ones, they're NBA Hoops presentations. They draw an awesome manga card, and they've got a little bit of silver in the background. Very very cool. Yeah, for those for those that haven't seen or aren't aware of it it's like a cartoonized version of a particular player and so that uh, that lakers one was i'm assuming that was a lebron that would make the most sense yeah and just the reactions as well like i'm noticing like some of the the people that doing doing the card breaks are quite animated quite excited for you others not so much but the these ones here that we've mentioned and also uh, there's one at the moment that I'm going Cards Plus, who uh, I think they're based out of Wellington. Is that right? Uh, no, I think Cards Plus are up north of Auckland. They are cool. I, I like them as well. Like, good bunch of dudes. And just every, everyone is just loving the hobby. And that that's what's making me really excited about it. And every time they arrive, I'm like a little kid. I'm like, I hear a courier truck and I like run out quickly. I'm looking. And then I have this little cool package arrive. And you know, I've got the team that I've ordered, which is quite cool. But for you, Phil, what do you prefer? Do you prefer pick your own team or do you prefer the randomness? Yeah, great question. I'll just touch on another point you just said. I'm, I'm a bit the same when the courier package arrives. You, you get to open a present twice, right? Because not only do you get to see what you're getting when, when the break is happening, when these guys are opening them up online, but then when they finally do arrive, then you get to open them again and like relive that joy. So, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm, I'm a bit mixed, day eh? because I think it depends on the year that we're talking about. The value of a team that you can purchase in a break depends largely on the rookie class that was drafted. So 
um, last year, 22-23, uh, the Hornets were quite cheap because they had a, you know, they had a fairly you know, sort of low-level draft class. But this year, they, you know, the number three pick, Brandon Miller, they've got a few other rookies. They're a lot more expensive. So I love a picky team, but it can get quite pricey. When your team's expensive, doing pick your team can be quite challenging because it can get very, very expensive because you're constantly chasing those cards. But that's when the random comes in. If you're a, a general fan of basketball and the different cards that the inserts, the autos, the memes, the parallels, getting a random team might mean that you get a, a card that you wouldn't normally get. So I quite like that uh, side of it. Uh, yeah, there's NBA, which is what we're predominantly doing. We're dipping our toes into the NFL as well. Um, I haven't touched MLB, but there's you know there's a lot of um, nice baseball cards out out there as well. Yeah. What about you, Jimmy? Is there a particular team or player that you're chasing? What's your strategy? Do you chase a team? Do you chase a player? Do you chase a card other than presentations? Yeah, so I, I look at the presentations first. That's, that's what I've been after. But I am chasing who I think is going to be good. I have a three-year strategy. Um, so I'll well, offer, like a proper investor. I know. So, so I um, what I do is I buy up on the rookies who I think are going to be good in three years' time based on what I've what I've seen. And I've banked on a few, like one one play, two players I've banked on. One was Luca, one was Trey Young, and I've got a lot of those. I think I've got something like fifteen Luca Luca rookies. I've got I think I've got about ten Michael Porter Junior rookies, but his injuries oh. made me worry a bit. But now. Based off last year, I'm definitely chasing the Blazers with Shade and Sharp from last year's ones because this year's ones aren't out yet, except for NBA hoops. And as well, I'm chasing Keegan Murray from the Kings. So going after those guys with the rookie cards, it's it can get a little bit pricey, but that's who I'm after at the moment. And I think it'll pay off. I think those guys, they're showing glimpses. And this is a little bit of um, investment advice out to people there. If a player shows one glimpse of like a 30 or 40 point game when they're a rookie, that's not going to be a one-off in three to four years time. And if they're doing double-doubles now, they're going to become more and more consistent the fitter and stronger they become. So if you're looking at this year, you're looking at like Victor, Chet, you know, obvious choices for those guys, but it's the ones below, right? It's the Jacquez. He's a guy that's going to hit. He'll be big. There's a couple of European players that are showing small glimpses at the moment. Um, and a couple of current players as well. Like, you know, there's the, the usuals, eh, mate? Like there's LeBron, there's Lucas. Gianna, Luca. Then there's what's below that talent. So you're looking in the talent of you've got the top 10 players. They're always going to hold value. Then you've got the next level. One that I'm really going to chase hard now, Phil, is Jalen Brunson. Because he is... I hear you. I'm right there. He's, he's a dog, eh? He's a dog. Well, it's it's not only that as well. I think he's he's got an awesome story, so he's someone that's easy to love too. And and I think it it depends on what sort of strategy that you want to run with. I think you and I are general fans, so we just love like the collecting of cards and getting the autos, getting the those rare numbered cards. That's kind of a like a bonus of what we're doing. Like we we touched on earlier, that that sort of community of people that you're getting introduced to and meeting, that's really fun. And getting into it this time of year is really neat too, because we've got hoops that they've been out. Uh, Prism is coming out in February, and then as the year progresses, you've got you know the Court Kings and Revo and a few other cards that are going to be coming out as well. So, just so oh, oh, getting into it, man. Like, Dude, oh, what's the buzzer going to do me dirty like that? Yes. Yeah. 
such good card today and we're going to do more of this we'll be talking about more cards of who we're chasing and as well like if you are a card company and you want to come in and talk about your breaks with us we'd love to have you because we thoroughly enjoy it and we're loving the community and we also like to get some fans that if you have specific teams to support come in and have a chat with us uh, because we want to talk about why you support them so next one we have there for quarter two we have the next trade so it's not a big groundbreaking trade that's going to change the NBA. Uh, if you've missed it, the Knicks, they pulled the trigger finally and they got OJ Anobi, um, or OJ Anunobi from the Raptors. They got Malachi Flynn and they got Precious Ach- Achiwa-Iwa. Not Precious from the movie Precious where it was that it was that large girl that had a baby. It were, It's Precious the player. I've gone to the Knicks now from the Raptors. Do you think it makes them stronger, Phil? Makes them a title contender? Or do you think it makes them weaker? What are your thoughts, my friend? I think the glaring, there are two things that immediately stand out. One, from the Raptors, they weren't trading Anobi for anything. They were like, we all, we want first rounders. We want this. We want that. Obviously, didn't materialize. And so I think they've got to the point where they're like, right, well, we need to get some value. And the second thing is the Knicks had to give up quickly. And I think that's probably Emmanuel Quickly. And I think that seems to be the part of the trade that has most people scratching their heads from a Knicks point of view. I mean, you've got, you've traded RJ. He's essentially headlining the trade because he was, you know, a high draft pick. And, you know, he's from Toronto. I, I think we could really see him unlock that. I saw a clip of him the other day when the Raptors were in the finals with Kawhi when they won and they were asking him, you know, who he thought was going to win. And he was like, yeah, the Raptors have got to go from a hometown team. So, you know, he's a fan. He's a Raptors fan. So, I mean, this could be that thing that unlocks it. From that point of view, I think it's great for the Raptors. And they picked up quickly, who has been solid and he's only going to get better and he's only going to improve. Uh, For the Knicks, they get OG. He's a dog. I think he's stagnated this year. So a change of scene. And I think he has really positive things to say about the Knicks as well. There's talk yeah. of him having pre-conversations that he's going to decline his player option and accept and take a discount to stay with the Knicks. That's the chat that uh, that I've heard. So, you know, it sounds like it could be quite mutually beneficial. Yeah, it's a, it's a good move, eh? Like, I think it might be one of those trades there where we look back in a few years, like that Pacers-Sacramento trade, and we go, hold on. They actually both won this trade, and and I think that could be something there that we might see here. I think OG and Anobi is going to be a great fit, especially with Jalen Brunson, um, and especially with Julius Randle as well, and I think he might end up elevating his game with giving a lot more space, but also defensively, because his defensive work ethic is unchallenged, right? Everyone says in the NBA, he is the hardest working defender across the board, or one of the hardest working defenders. I do worry, though, without them having Robinson, I think he's a key cog not being there. That might affect them going in with the playoff run. But, I mean, hey, it's sometimes you've got to take the, these losses. They might look for another one in the window. You reckon? Who, who would you look for in the window if you're the Knicks? I feel like it's worthwhile just talking a little bit about a little bit about Precious, the Knicks, Knicks new pickup. Look, she's a terrible character in a terrible movie. Anyway. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember Precious as an absolute dog at the heat. Uh, that's yeah. sort of what I associate him with, but some people may not be aware of is 
his siblings. Now he has five siblings and I'm just going to give you the names because they're very unique. It's quite enjoyable. So he's got God's gift, Achua. Uh, there's mm-hmm. promise, Achua. Peace, Achua. I hope I'm saying the last names correctly. I, do, I, I mean no disrespect. God's will, Achua, and grace, Achua. So there's a real theme going on there in that family, which I think is really neat. And I hope this sort of his career, I, I thought he was a real dog at the heat and he seems to have, have dropped off. I would love to know, Jimmy, as an aside, that the psychological aspect of being a basketball player, you know, what goes on, why they can change from team to, like what changing from team to team, even if they remain in the same role, how that can affect their ability on the court, you know, the city that they're now playing for, is it the fans, is it the coaching staff, is it their mindset, is it the fact they've got a big contract or they don't have a chip on their shoulder or whatever it is, how some players, that those rotational players can seem to just go from being the next best sixth man potential starter to just a bench warmer. So, just Yeah, you're spot on actually, Phil. And I think there, like, it comes down to the, the coaching as well. Like, how, how does the player feel there? You know, like, do they feel supported? Do they feel loved by the fans? And when you've got a player there that goes to a team and instantly they connect with the city that they're in, New York's quite tough because it's a big, big market. It's, you know, how many million, I think there's, I don't know how many millions of people are in New York City. I, I'm terrible like that. Um, I'm meant to be going in a couple of years there. So if any any uh, New York fans out there want to meet us um, when I'm over there, uh, happy to in 2025. Uh, 8.4 million, Jimmy. 8.4 million. New Zealand's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you realize how small we are here in New Zealand when there's that many people in one place. But there's this book. Um, and, and this book might help with the psychology that I can recommend to, you, to yourself and to our listeners. Um, it's called Can I Keep the Jersey? And its its title goes, Can I Keep My Jersey? 11 teams, five countries, and four years is my life as a basketball vagabond, written by Paul Shirley. I read this book about five years ago, and this guy, honestly, comes into a practice, and he's just been traded to one of the teams, and they say, say you've been traded again, and he goes, can I keep the jersey? So that's what started that in the book. It's brilliant, and he talks about that sort of thing, about like how he goes about going into each team and into each culture. So it will be interesting, though, to see, like, I, I think Anobi, he, he's going to be a winner. Precious, I hope goes well, bro. And Malachi Flynn, I don't know too much about him, actually. Yeah. I saw a funny meme and it um, it basically said that Malachi Flynn was the evil looking version of DiVincenzo. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it was one of those things where like now you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Do they need another center besides Precious as a backup? Like is Precious your staffing? center now? They've still got Hart- Hartenstein and he seems to be doing quite well in that role. You know, he's more of a backup, but he, he seems to be filling in quite well. With Precious coming on board, does, is this the perfect opportunity to give him some good role-playing minutes? But then, yes, going all the way back to the start, who in the trade window can the Knicks go after, or should they go after anyone else? Do we see this team as a title threat as it currently is positioned? I'm just going to say no, but yeah, I'm say no. building. And we're out, like quarter, right? Now, quarter three, we're going into talking about the Raptors. So with the Raptors, what they got from the trade, they got RJ Barrett from the Knicks. So 
That for me, we'll, we'll loop back. We've already touched on, but we'll go into a bit more depth here. Emmanuel quickly, again, another gun of a player. And as well, they've got a draft pick from the Detroit Pistons, um, second rounder. But nah, that's, that might not be either here or there, unless they come up or they find someone like a Nikola Jokic, who was a second rounder, believe it or not. still I'm still <laughs> dumbfounded by that. First and foremost, Phil, RJ Barrett, being at home, it's going to mean a lot to him. I think we might see the best of him. Massive, massive. He doesn't strike me as a dog. He doesn't strike me as someone who's got a chip on his shoulder, as someone who plays with huge amounts of passion. So I think being able to tap into that home, playing for your hometown team, I think that could be that key that really yeah. propels him. He started the season off rip snorter with his three-point shooting. He was going great guns, but then he's sort of dropped off. Maybe that enabled the Knicks to sort of move on from him. I'm not sure what's happening there. But again, as we alluded to before, a situation that a player in, uh, is in can completely change how they play as well. So I think hometown, this could be it. Do you know who he reminds me of? And I was just thinking of it then when you're talking about him. Andrew Wiggins. He reminds me of Wiggins. Uh, like almost a carbon copy, you know, like you you almost want to shake him because you know how good he is and how talented, talented he could be. And yet... He shows glimpses. Is that all his career is going to be? He's just going to show little glimpses for the next 10 years of what he's capable of, make one final series, and then all of a sudden he's the best player by a country mile in the NBA and then goes back to what he's been doing. That, that Jimmy Buckets quote all over again, time and time again, is hard work beats talent, hard work beats talent. Just because you're a lottery pick or you're a top five pick, uh, you're a top 10 pick, nothing's guaranteed hate to see a pick wasted. You hate to see talent wasted. So being in that hometown, maybe mum's cooking can help unlock him. Maybe dad's the cook. Uh, let's, let's not yeah. pull that out either. Uh, hey, 21st yeah. century here, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Uh, you know, this, us millennial slash gen, um, gen, gen Zers, um, you, you just never know. Oh, that's, that's a good shout, mate. I, I like that. And I think sometimes maybe that is it, right? Like if we if we went back to our hometown and got asked to play for our team, I suppose play with a little bit more pride. And it's like playing for, you know, him playing for the Canada. Did he play for Canada in the World Cup? And you look at what happened there. Something special happened there, eh? With uh, Brooks became the super dog. And then so did Dennis Schroeder for Germany. So I think maybe that that's... Was fun. That Team was really fun. I was actually hoping there that they were going to get Dylan Brooks as well, because you imagine that and the and the Raptors just get like a full on hardcore Canadian team. When you look at look at this, like RJ Barrett, he's a bit of an enigma. He is he is the Andrew Wiggins of Canada, uh, or Andrew Wiggins is Canadian anyway, isn't he? I think I, he is. I just yeah, hundred percent he is. I just contradicted myself with that co- comment, but that's cool um, <laughs> because that's what we do here. I won't edit this out because I think it's quite funny, and then. You've got Emmanuel Quickly. So Emmanuel Quickly could be anything, right? He could be. And does he end up controlling the game? I like his shooting. I like his passing options. I like his defense. So maybe we're going to see something good come out of that with him being in a different environment and probably in the right environment because Dennis Schroeder is not going to play 48 minutes. Dennis Schroeder was a stopgap as a starting point guard, I think, and he's probably better coming off the bench uh, where that's the role that quickly was filling in New York because of Brunson. So 
do you insert quickly straight up into the into the starting lineup? I guess the way that Toronto have been playing, they haven't exactly been setting the world on fire, so it would hurt to change up that rotation, to change up that setup. But, you know, in years gone by, Dennis, he's definitely not shied away from letting his feelings be known, so it will be interesting to see how he, he accepts that. Dennis has been balling this year. Uh, he's been playing as playing. You know, playing lights out. So I don't think anything's brewing in Toronto just yet. I don't think this is going to be much of a dial shifter. You know, it's those it's those little moves, and I think yeah. Masai is a great GM. He's got plenty more moves to make, and this is just sort of the beginning of of rebuilding that team post Kawhi, really. And there's a couple of big moves I think that are going to happen. I think they're going to build the team around Scotty Barnes. He's a talent man. I I love Scotty Barnes. I actually like Jakapurdo. I, I really, I like a good, big, big, strong, big man. I think he's a baller and he's a 20 team guy. Easy, you know, 20 rebounds, 10 points. I mean, uh, well, he was, he was originally <laughs> included in a trade that landed Toronto because yeah. he's spent a few seasons in the Spurs and now he's back Toronto again. So he obviously loves the place. Yeah. And he's a, he, as a player there that doesn't tank, uh, you know, you look at what the Spurs were doing, they were tanking and they had to get rid of him because he was such a, like, hey, he might go down in one of one of our dog teams because he was so competitive. The Spurs had to trade him to stop them winning. But also you look at Siakam, I think the Pascal Siakam clock is ticking. I think he's got to go. His defense and shooting are just not what it needs. And I think they need a three-point shooter in Pascal Siakam's space. Or oh, a I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about him, James, because I thought there was a year or two ago he set the NBA on fire. I was like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? He is yeah. all in. And then ever since then, it's just been trade rumor after trade rumor after trade rumor. So I mean, you touched on it there. I guess it's is he the guy that you build around? No, Scotty Barnes. Yes. Okay. Does Siakam uh, compliment Scotty B? If he doesn't, then that's where you know. They have to go down the trade route, but again, just have to be smart about what they actually want to get out of it. Do you know what I think the move is, bro? And this is me spitballing here. I think they trade him for Wiggins straight up. I think that could be a good move because I think Wiggins. Is, I think so. I think so. You know, so you you look at that and you go, that's spice. That is spicy P, and that's spicy W for Wiggins because Wiggins will will get a lot out of that as well coming home. And it, we might be the best of him. It's It'd be tricky, though, because I think what we have seen from Wiggins is that he needs vets and he needs to be the second or third option or fourth option. And we're out into quarter four. Fun. Yeah, great. Good, bro. Good work. Good work. I get to finish my train of thought. So rude. Oh no, that, that, that sneaky, dirty dog buzzer. <laughs> so next quarter we're going into, and this is the final quarter of today, is what's happening at Detroit. So much talent. Probably the right coach for them, but there's a big but. Not enough veterans. That's my short take on it. Uh, so what's your take on what's going on in Motor City? Yeah, I'll touch on the coach thing. It's challenging because they through they remortgaged the team and the building to get Monty to come to the Pistons because they figured he would be the answer. This is me spitballing. Is you know, is Monty a rebuilding coach or is he a championship contending coach? 
you know, what's, what is he? Because he was, I thought he was very competent, more than competent at the Suns and they were just impatient. And now he's gone and the Suns are floundering and everyone's like, Katie needs help. The Suns were fine until before Katie came along. So it's, you can't say it's the Suns' fault that they're not doing well. So it's the same thing with, was Monty actually not the problem? I know what the thing is, but, and I've got, and I've got a big theory, a big long theory. Rubbing my hands. I think Chris Paul was the coach. So when I had to think about it, I was like, why are they doing well? Now, Chris Paul was up on the sideline, yelling and screaming and directing the play around. And I, I was thinking, he's the one that's running this team. He did the same at OKC. He did the same at Houston. Is Chris Paul the best coach in the NBA playing? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a very good theory, and I, I think it holds water because if you look at the Warriors this year, we know Steve Kerr is a good coach. Now, all of a sudden, apparently, you've got this player coach coming along and with, with, with Jimmy's theory. Um, and, you know, the Warriors... They've been a little bit disappointing, to say the very least. And I think it's easy to to blame Draymond, but uh, yeah, if we want to give you know a bit a bit more credit to your theory, then you know you can't have two head coaches. Exactly, mate. And that the other thing as well with Paul is that he seems to be a great vet, right? He brings the when very he's got smart. A young, yeah, when he's got a young core around him. So, like, maybe is that the play when we're linking back to Toronto? If you're Toronto, do you go, should we trade Chris Paul to get in around these young point guards? He might play junk time, but bring him on and offer him a coaching gig. Well, look what he did at the Thunder. Everyone thought the Thunder was going to wave him. Uh, And he was like, no, no, I'm going to play. And he dragged that team into the playoffs. Like, there was no way they had any right being there based on paper. So we know Chris Paul's in the ring chasing part of his career. I'd like to see him get a ring because, you know, I think if you're, you're an all-star, uh, you've had this m- massive long career. He's kind of, he's not really a member of the Banana Boat Boys, but he's, uh, you know, adjacent. So, so you know, he's a, you know, part of that group. It would be quite neat to see that. It'd also be funny if he didn't, because I feel like Charles Barkley still get, get, Charles Barkley gets the most stick out of any retired player for not having a ring. Yeah, you know, it does. Off topic. But in terms of saving, saving the Pistons, Chris Paul meeting up with Monty, maybe they didn't get along, so maybe that wouldn't work. I don't have the inside scoop on, <laughs> on those interpersonal relationships or anything like that going on, but I, I'm, I'm still, yeah, I'm scratching my head, um, Jimmy, because there's so much talent. Cade Cunningham seems to be just playing lights out. He is doing all he can, much like probably LeBron James did early on his in his career, but at least the Cavaliers were still a plus 500 team. That's um, actually a really good comparison, bro, between him and LeBron. And I re- I feel so sorry for him, like, because he is such a talented. He genuinely is. Like, he deserves to be, and he deserves to be getting some recognition. But, again, market and situation... I mean, he's not popping up in any sort of circles other than just memes about how bad the Pistons are. But they broke, they they did not set the record. They equaled the record, Jimmy. So I think they must be pretty chuffed about that. 28 games lo- lost in a row. And uh, perfect team to play, the Raptors, who we've just spent a bit of time talking about, as they lost their probably one of their better players, OG, before the other guys arrived. So it was the perfect team to play. You know, a bit of turmoil, 
lost a few players and only just managed to win, but they but they won. I don't like seeing teams struggle uh, and flail. So I I am rooting for the Pistons. They've got a great young core, Jalen Duran, you know, Kate Durham, Cunningham. Durham's hard. I eh? I think he is tough. Yeah, they've got they've got some real real solid players there. They just need that vet help. And I guess the Bogdanoviches and the Alec Burkses, who were supposed to be that vet presence, yeah. maybe they aren't the right type of vets. Can you imagine that Bogdanovich saying much in the change room? Well, I can't. Well, yeah, he'd be I, like, "Now you, now you shoot, shoot ball, pass." That that would be the limit of his English, probably. Well, I feel like. Yeah, with the Heat, old Haslam stayed on board in that team for so long. He played, spent his whole career in the, for the past two or three, four years. Barely even played garbage time, but it was that whole classic Heat culture. He was such a big part of that Heat team, that Heat culture. So you're bringing vets in. They don't even need to be playing on the court. That locker room presence, and I think that's probably what, uh, what the Pistons really need. They don't necessarily need a vet contributor on the stat sheet. I think they need that vet contributor in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you look at a guy like James Wiseman, for example, you know, like he was traded out of golden state faster than he could walk out. Um, you know, and I think he's a player there that has maybe brought a bit of an attitude problem as well. And it must shoot yeah. you confidence though, right? You were the one of the, was he the top pick? I can't even remember now. I think he was number one or number two. One yeah, of, one of the, and then you and you're getting traded after a couple of years, like you the Warriors just essentially just gave up on him. So like, man, I would be, uh, I'd be pretty gutted about that, uh, to tell you the truth. And but not only that, is you've got Isaiah Stewart there, you've got um, Duran, so you've got these big playing. You know, he's been forced to play a power forward position when you know when he was playing for Memphis, he was uh, at university, he was big center, he was that, that was his position. So you've been traded away. You've basically been booted out for pennies on the dollar and you're playing in a position that you don't suit in a culture that's losing. Well, yeah. It's a risky disaster, isn't it? And then you've got Jaden Ivey, you've got Azur Thompson as well. So like Azur's no slouch, but he just isn't a very good shooter. That's that's the big he, issue with he him. He needs his brother. He needs his twin. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, do you go after that? Do you go after the twins over time elite? They work the combination on every team they play. Maybe that's a go, but who knows? Eh? I, I'm I'm still a bit miffed as to what's happening with Detroit. And we're done, um, mate. Another episode done, buddy. Well done, bro. I, always good talking card chat and just chat in general with you. Jimmy and Phil, good times. Awesome. That was brilliant. Love, love the card chat. Love solving the world's problems one basketball team at a time. It's great. Exactly, mate. Hopefully someone hires us as a GM one day and then then we go, oh, we can do this? <laughs> that's, a, that's, 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 my gym, my, that's my dream job, bro. That would be absolutely incredible and there would be zero imposter syndrome whatsoever because we'd totally yeah. be qualified. Oh, bro, we'll go in as a team. We'll be like in Step Brothers, you know, where they go, we'll go and dress in tuxedos and hey, if it's a 500k salary, I'll take half if you take yeah. half. Then we're, Easy. Let's do it. NBA teams, we're just going to put it out there. If you guys want to hire us as GMs, just get in touch with us. It we cool. are here. Yeah. Send us a message on Instagram or a message via um, iHeart or Apple or Spotify. And hey, we'll, we'll take your call. Next time, everybody. Thanks again. Uh, 
loving having you follow us loving the engagement and hey we're we're here to talk with you if you want to come on and talk with us happy to have you cheers, cheers. brother cheers everyone if you enjoyed this podcast remember to give us a follow and rate our show we welcome your comments and feedbacks for our podcast on our Instagram page, where's underscore my underscore sports underscore at underscore podcast. You can now also enjoy our podcast on YouTube. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Basketball Edition podcast. Please make sure to follow us on our socials, basketball underscore edition underscore WMSA. And if you are wanting to have a chat with us, please, Send us a message and we'll get back in touch with you. Make sure to follow us on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Google Podcasts and YouTube, all good podcasting streaming channels. Thank you.